Welcome to a new year and a new edition of Central Indiana Today with me, Shane Ray. I am your host. In this uh, first episode, I'm going to be talking with the former Hendricks County Sheriff Brett Clark as well as the new sheriff, Mr. Jack Sadler. They're both here in the studio with me, and we'll be talking with them in just about a minute. So you keep it right here on Central Indiana Today on 98.9 FM and streaming on WYRZ.org. Central Indiana Today. Shane Ray talks with the newsmakers in and around Hendricks County. And now your host, Shane Ray. Well, as promised, here he is here in the studio with me. And uh, you know what? I'm not for sure. You've been in the studio with me before, haven't you? I have. uh, Sheriff Mike Nielsen from Boone County and I came into this very uh, studio one day and and we talked about some of the issues facing the state. I don't remember what year it was, probably during the first term. Uh, but another great partner up north of us here, and uh, he'll be going out as well. So. Oh, well, well, there you go. And in case you didn't guess, we have Sheriff, or for, now former Sheriff, Brett Clark of Hendricks County. And uh, as I said, you know, he's just recently retired. Now you've been at the, this position for how long? What year did you go in? 2015 was the first year that we took office, January 1, of course. And then because of our term limits here in the state, uh, my last day is December 31st of 22. And... Here we are. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That that's, reminds me. We went on the air in 2015 as well. And so um, your terms of uh, your spot as uh, sheriff of Hendricks County has been about as long as we've been on the air. So kind of unique in that respect. You know, you just happened, and we're just going to go right into this. Uh, you happen to mention term limits there. And I, I've seen some of your presentations through chamber events and um when uh, we got to tour the new jail, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, uh, you have some strong opinions about term limits. Uh, you are not in, in favor of uh, the term limits here as sheriff, uh, specifically. I want to mention that it is you're talking specifically about being sheriff. You're not real big on those. You want to chime in on that? Sure. I think it's uh, something that that could stand to be changed and it's a big deal to change it and it should be because it's in our constitution indiana hoosiers for a long time have apparently not been fans of unlimited terms in office Um, but it's important to know that there's only three states in the country including us that do it i'm a big home rule guy so i feel like if a jurisdiction being a county specifically wanted to impose term limits on their county officers perhaps that would be something that should be left up to the local voters and what's unfortunate is you know in this discussion very often people say well you know what if we get stuck with someone who's a who's a bad apple or not not someone we'd want in there and i say that's the voting process number one and number two what if you get stuck with someone who's really good now of course that could have changed the entire trajectory of my career and others right i mean if there Mm -hmm. weren't term limits our whole time who knows how all this would have, have shaken out um Uh, That being said, when you jump into this, um, you know it's eight years at best if the people will keep you, and that's okay too. Sometimes it forces Indiana sheriffs to go 100 miles an hour, which forces us to get things done. So in that regard, it's a good thing. But I'm not necessarily stating that we should change our constitution to have unlimited terms, but what if we did something like a three times four? The problem with the current setup is that after you really get your feet on the ground and you're steady it takes you two or three years think of any job but something of this magnitude is way different than being a patrol person or even a detective or something like that in the law enforcement circles um 
But by the time you really get going and you're like, you know what, I think I have a handle on this job. You know what you get to do? You get to run again. Mm -hmm. And then for the most part, people say, congratulations. And the first thing they ask is, who do you think is going to be the next guy? (laughs) So it's frustrating in that regard. But that being said, a great journey. Wonderful eight years for me. I I look back on all of it with um, fond memories and and really just what a tremendous honor it has been to be just a small part of, of all of this. It's just been wonderful. Well, uh, looking back now, when uh, when and where did you first uh, get into law enforcement? Well, I grew up with it. My dad was a trooper for 31 years, so my entire life he got on the state police in about 66. I was born in 68, so I really didn't know anything different, and I never wanted to do that. That was never in the plans for me. You know, people have asked me about this all before, and my story is different, I suppose, in that I never wanted to be in law enforcement because I grew up with it. Weird hours, you know, dad gone a lot. Um, dad and I are very close, but, you know, it's just a different kind of way to be raised, um, my big plan was to go to Purdue and work at Lilly and make a lot of money as a chemical engineer and drive a Porsche 911. I had it all figured out. And I went to Purdue with that end in mind. Um, I was successful in school, and I, I didn't. it wasn't that I didn't do well in school grade-wise, but I got up there and kind of felt like I was doing it for the guidance counselors or for everybody else, like that's the right thing to do. You know, you're smart, you go to this school and you're an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer, and if you're not, you do something else. But about the second year into Purdue, I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I changed my major to urban forestry, of all things. Hmm. That lasted about two weeks. I contacted the Naval Recruiting Office right here in Brownsburg. It used to be right there on 136 in town by Dairy Queen. And I joined the Navy. So I went to the Navy thinking that I would do nuclear power and, and run those reactors on ships and submarines. That lasted about a year because of a heart condition that I have and nothing serious. But they put me out. So I ended up back home and I did some commercial roofing. And from there, realized that the thing about hard work is that it's really hard. So I developed a new respect for the folks who are working out in the, in the elements and things on roofs and houses and, you know, linemen and those type of people. Um, but dad was still in law enforcement, had a good friendship with Sheriff Roy Waddell, who at the time was our sheriff. And there were openings in the jail like there always are, even today. And dad said, is that something you'd ever think about doing? And I thought, you know what, why not? So I uh, joined the sheriff's office in September of 1989, and I never looked back. I was lucky, right place, right time, was able to get a police job in January of 1990. So that's 34 years ago now almost, and um, here I am. So again, I I wouldn't change it. It's been a great journey for me. I always said, even in the campaign, it wasn't some slogan, God puts you where you're supposed to be. And I genuinely believe that. And then that was, that was that work for me. Uh, Probably uh, being uh, the son of a trooper, you kind of knew what to expect, but were there any surprises when you came along? You're like, whoa, I didn't know the job was going to entail this or anything like that. Yeah, I don't think you really ever know until you get into it. You know, I I had no idea uh, what jail work was or what law enforcement really was. I mean, you know, you see your dad do his job, but it's not like we had take your kid to work day a lot in law enforcement. So other than just to sort of see it from afar and and sort of knew what he did, I really didn't know what I was involved. But once I got in in, uh, the, the office here with the sheriff's department and started seeing what it was about and the good folks and how they could truly make a difference in people's lives. I just got the bug. And I think once something like that gets in your bloodstream, it's never going to get out. And, and that was for me. I was hooked, line and sinker all in. And luckily, you know, large hiring at the time, we were pretty young. I was 21 when I started this and I'm not that anymore. So, <laughs> uh, it's been really good. It's very different, though. Not what I thought at all, especially in the office of sheriff. Even the 25 years leading up to that, I don't know that it uh, 
you know, you're, you're going to see everything that, that you do as the sheriff. Yeah. And which leads me to my next question, which is you, you know, probably not everyone on the force uh, has their sights set on being sheriff. How long did you or how when do you think you finally get started thinking, I believe I need that. Uh, I feel like I can do a good job in that position. Well, I think when I started, and I, don't, I didn't come into it, you know, in the first interview, but after working in the jail a short amount of time, and I remember sitting in an interview with Roy, the sheriff, uh, Waddell, and saying, where do you see all this going? I said, I don't know, maybe someday I'll be in, in your chair. It, it, and I wasn't trying to be arrogant. I don't know if it was just the, the overconfidence of a 21-year-old kid. Um, but, but I think anybody in any company probably looks around at some point, you know, at a restaurant work or, or car wash or whatever it happens to be and say you know i think i could i could run this or i could improve this or i could help with this and you know i always kind of in the back of my mind saw myself doing that i I don't know that you know your first day on the job you think i'm going to run for sheriff someday because it's a tremendous commitment and a lot of Mm -hmm. of toll but when things were 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 right for me and my family and and we prayed on it and we just knew that's the direction that I wanted to go. And, and, and I think I would have been disappointed if I hadn't done it. But you're right. Not everybody is cut out for it. It's certainly not uh, um, easy. It, it is a lot of work. But I think it's one of the most rewarding things that you could do if, uh, if you're willing to put in the time. What is the biggest um, misconception or uh, the, the, the biggest um, thing people have wrong about a county sheriff? Gosh, I think especially when you run, you have this idea that, you know, I'm going to going to be this chief law enforcement officer and, and all this, you know, stop crime. And that's what we all campaign on, you know, lowering whether it's drugs or thefts or, or whatever, fill in the blank. Um, but I don't I don't think people realize that when you're the sheriff, you also run the jail. So you're basically a hotel innkeeper uh, that you cannot put up a no vacancy sign. So whatever the, the police and the courts send you, you take. And there are a tremendous amount of struggles in people's lives that you end up becoming pretty intimately involved in as far as trying to help them. And, and it's in our interest to do that because we don't want them to come back. Putting people in jail is expensive. So I think the biggest surprise probably for folks who think about being the sheriff, at least that don't know a lot about it, is that they have this idea that they're going to be the top crime fighter. And that's a big part of what we do. Certainly every day, it's always a challenge. But again, you also have to think about things like ordering toilets and feminine hygiene products and food products and, and basically running the end that is the jail in your county. So that part has been really interesting and, and a good challenge. I mean, I, I have enjoyed that tremendously. You know, you mentioned the jail. We have uh, a, a new jail now. And uh, is it uh, fully operational at this point? No, not, not quite. I think, uh, you know, we were able to get our office folks in there on December 1st. I, I wanted to at least get that across the finish line. But as far as moving inmates in, we weren't able to do it before I got out. And that's okay. That is not a process that you want to rush or force. Um, so the idea was that I wanted to get the jail folks over there, training, training, training. I mean, think of the big game, right? The coach isn't going to say, hey, kids, the, the game's this weekend. Come on down. You've you got to practice. You've got to run plays. You've got to get to know each other. You've got to get in shape. And that's what the guys are going to be doing, you know, from the time we opened up that admin office until um, Jack and his staff and everybody decide that it's a safe, good time to do it. Now, you can't do it forever. Um, but there's no sense in rushing that. The beauty of that is if I open the front office and there's a problem with a phone or a door or something, I can say, sir, at the window, I'm sorry, ma'am, 
please come back tomorrow. Yeah. But if I have 250 or 300 inmates over there, I can't just blow a whistle and say time out and march everybody back to the old jail. Fortunately, the old jail is functional. It's okay. It'll get us by. And the landlord's not trying to kick me out. So <laughs> uh, we can leave those folks over there until we're really ready to go. And that doesn't mean six, seven months or years. I mean, probably shortly into January, February, um, those folks will decide it's time to do it, huddle up, and, and they'll, they'll go. Yeah. Uh, was this a, a, a big goal of yours to, uh, to get the new jail? Absolutely. I think it's been needed uh, for many years. Every sheriff's race, it seems like this is part of the discussion. Should we or should we not? build a jail? Should we have a juvenile detention center? You know, I've heard all of those things. We've done study after study after study. And finally, one of the commissioners said, Brett, we're interested in this, but do we really need to pay somebody else another $5,000 just to tell us we need a new jail? And I couldn't agree more. So I started pulling out studies from 2000 and 1990 and this different things. And every time it's like, well, you know, we could use this, but everyone's afraid to take on a project that big. But thankfully, we had the political will. We had the moxie i don't know the financial situation where the county could pull this off and this is something that was necessary and i'm proud that we could do it on my watch it's a really cool thing i suppose if i have any legacy i mean i hope it's broader than just a nice building in danville um but but there could be worse things so i'm really proud of our staff and the team and the commissioners and the council and all the leadership that really came together and put fear aside and got this done and, and i think it's going to be something that will last 50 or 100 years and that um people can be proud of you know uh i don't know if i mentioned it or not but uh i did uh, have a chance to see you at uh, a chamber luncheon where you were talking about the new jail and sometimes people uh who do these presentations to the chamber they wonder did i reach enough people did i uh make them understand this and so uh I guess this answers your question because now I'm going to ask you some of the things that I saw in that presentation and now it's going to be going out over the airwaves and people who aren't members of the chamber or weren't at that lunch and will now get the answers. And I was uh, really, I guess uh, some things you presented were some things I didn't think about, which were, uh, when was, remind me again, when was the old jail built? 70... Four. That opened in August of 1974, and then it was added on to uh, around the time I started. So 89, 90, 91, over that course of a couple of years right there, um, Sheriff Waddell did a large addition, and then, of course, went out of office and Sheriff Underwood came in. Um, but that took us to about where we were, you know, when we left the other building, at about 250 beds. And the new place is going to have 599. So yeah. it's a big, a big step up. There's a, and I've just to be blunt with you, I've talked with some people after your presentation who, uh, you know, it was in the news that the jail was going to be opening soon and blah blah blah. And I would say, you know, that's a really impressive building. And some of these people would say, well, I don't know why we needed it. As always, someone's going to be saying that. And I say, you know what? I saw the sheriff and he talked about these things. Some and I'm going to mention some of those things. One is. Um, the, the county is growing. There's no way to get around it. The county is growing, and you can't keep uh, the, uh, you know, like you said, a 250-bed place like that for a county that just continues to grow, and that's one thing. And then next thing is uh, uh, there's always that, well, can't we just put a Band-Aid on this? Can't we just patch this up or whatever? And, we, you know, you talked about even the water consumption that goes on in an old building like that. People seem to uh, think that their house needs updating every so many years. Why wouldn't the jail need updated as well? Anything you want to uh, 
me comment on those things? I could talk about this for two hours, and you've seen my <laughs> presentations, could. and I talk really fast. But, <laughs> but but you're absolutely right. This isn't something you can just take for granted. Keep in mind that the jail is not just a normal commercial building. Even a school, you know, they're open from 7 till 4 plus games and things, and they close in the summer. The jail never closes. The guests in my institution don't want to be there. Very often they're struggling with mental illness and addictions and sickness and all kinds of things that most people don't want to think about. But when you have those kind of people in your building and run it that constantly, it, it takes a beating. And, and again, it's important to remember that this new jail, while more than doubling in size, is not built for now. It's built for 40 to 50 to 100 years from now. And it has a lot of pre-planning and an idea that we could build on to it. So the idea is that in three or four or 10 or 20 years, the sitting sheriff won't have to come back to the council with his hand out because maybe we got it right so they can grow into it and with it as this county or county rather continues to grow. And the only reason that we were able to, to get by, you know, we had 170,000, 180,000 in this last census, with a 252-bed jail is because of the partnerships between the sheriffs and the prosecutors and the judges. You don't, I mean, there are counties that are half our size that have more people in jail than we do. Why? Because we have good judges. We have good judicial philosophy. We try to make sure that the people in jail need to be there. And that's probably the biggest challenge, I think, going out of this. And I really reiterated it to my judges that, folks, you can't just because we built this jail fill it, right? It's not like hmm. the movie. If you build it, they will come. That is the wrong idea with this. Sometimes it's easier to err on the side of public safety, and everybody wants to do that. But you need to be smart and objective and look at who needs to be in the jail and who doesn't. Some people are much better served going to a hospital or a mental health place or a drug facility than they are being in my jail. It, it isn't just our job to fix those folks, but unfortunately we've sort of become the de facto mental health center in the community. I think we'd be the largest one if it wasn't for the fact that DOC had three prisons down in Plainfield, and that's unfortunate. Now one of the biggest challenges when it comes to sort of that salesmanship job Right? People might say, well, gosh, I never even knew this was getting built. Mm. Um, I can assure you, no sheriff has ever done more tours of the old jail or the new jail than me. No one. I love doing that. Why? Because you pay for it. Everybody that can hear me, if they live in Hendricks County and work here, guess what? You pay for that. It's in the best interest of me to not be sued as your sheriff because you know who pays for that? You, all of you. Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure that we do the best job we can. That's home rule in action. That's making sure that we take the steps to build a jail that is appropriate. So some federal judge who's never set foot in our county doesn't order us to do it in a different way. So I think we, we did it for all the right reasons. One of the biggest challenges that I, what I was going to say was COVID. Right? I would like nothing more. I told the commissioners and the council from day one, you need a flag bearer for the project, put it on me. If you want, if something has an issue after I'm gone, you tell them it was the crazy sheriff Brett Clark that did it. It's fine. It's okay. But you're not going to have to do that. You know why? Because we did it right. But the problem with COVID was I couldn't bring people's germs into my jail. I couldn't do it. We had a lot of public meetings. Every bit of this was above board, open, you know, designed with the taxpayer's best interest in mind. Because keep in mind, folks, the police aren't tax exempt. I pay taxes just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I raised my kids here. My grandparents went to school. My parents went to school here. My kids, all of us. So I have a vested interest just like you. Um, but I couldn't bring people's germs into my jail. I couldn't. So yeah. it was really difficult for me to do the tours that I wanted to, to sort of convince everybody why we need it. 
but but it isn't a hard sale. I promise you, this was a good thing. This was a that was something that we had to do. Of course, we, we wish we had no jails. That would be wonderful, but that's not realistic. It's also not realistic to build a 10,000 bed jail and just lock up everybody. I think some folks drive by the current or the old jail rather and think, well, it's bread and water. You know, it's Mayberry, 50 people. When we're pushing 300, and that's just not safe for the staff or the inmates. And what's key to remember about inmates, call them whatever you want, they're just people who made bad decisions. Hmm. My job isn't to, to punish them, demean them, disrespect them. It's to help them get through the system safely. And, and remember, every one of those people is somebody's mom or dad or brother or son or daughter or sister or friend. So it matters what we do in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I didn't want to interrupt you. You know, you were talking about how it's taxpayers' money. You're trying to make sure that money is spent correctly. Not only that, some people don't realize it's also Brett Clark's money. You live here. You're paying those taxes, too. So you want to make sure that money is uh, spent uh, ideally, I guess, is uh, responsibly. So I uh, totally agree with you on that. Uh, we're talking with Brett Clark, now former sheriff of Hendricks County. Uh, the, you know, speaking of the jail, you know, you put a lot of sweat, a lot of time away from your family and everything else. And now that it's about to go into uh, full operation, uh, you're handing the keys over to someone else. You don't even uh, get to be there to to see it really blossom, if that's the proper term. I think everyone knows what I mean, that uh, it gets, gets rolling now, and you're not going to have any – I mean, you might get asked a question by Jack uh, or somebody but uh, along the way, but uh, now you're just saying, here you go, and walking away. How does that make you feel? <laughs> That's a tough one because it's bittersweet. I mean, it's like specking out a new car for your 16-year-old son. You you know, you put the blood, sweat, and tears and the money and everything into it. Then he drives off and sort of leaves you standing there in the driveway, which, you know, a lot of us have been through. That's probably one of the toughest things I remember my kid driving off for the first time and taking a deep breath and thinking, man, here we go. And this isn't much different. You know, I don't want anything uh, for Jack and, and his team and, you know, my old team there, uh, but success. So my phone number will not change anything they need from me. I'm a phone call and five minute drive away from that place. Um, but it's, it is bittersweet, right? I mean, but it isn't about me. The, the beautiful thing about this is that we got it done and it's going to be a legacy for you guys in this County. And it's going to be something that was needed. And I'm just proud that I got to be a small part of it. Um, every time I drive by, I'm, I'm going to to be proud of it. And I really think it fits into the Danville community historically, and it looks like um, something that was supposed to be there. And my goal really from the beginning was that if folks wanted to see how jail was done right, they would look at the commissioners and the council and the sheriff and the folks here uh, and say, that's how you do it. You know, yeah. it's a nice balance between beauty and architectural uh, goodness, I guess, yeah. <laughs> and um, economy economics for the long term uh, for the folks who have to pay for it. I mean, that's what you campaign on, right? You, you want to be fiscally responsible or not. And I'd like to think that the things that we said, that I said, I was going to do and wanted to do, um, we were able to do it. So. Uh, now, as you hand those keys over to Jack, uh, what is it that uh, you're going to find yourself doing now? Well, strangely enough, I'm going to go help other folks get through these kinds of projects. So Garmon Construction is the, is the team that oversaw the building of the jail as the uh, construction manager. And I've gotten to know those guys and gals really well and worked closely with them over these last few years. So I'm going to go part-time with them in sort of a consulting business development relationship uh, building kind of a role, which will keep me in the sheriff world a little bit. They also do other kind of commercial and, and uh, government type buildings, but I think it's just going to be interesting. You know, again, I've been here since I was 21 years old and I'm uh, almost 55. 
So I think it'll be interesting to go into, I guess you would say, the real world and, uh, and see what's out there. But I told all these folks that, that had asked me about working that I just kind of wanted to date. I don't want to get married. I will have a pension from the sheriff's office. I've been there a long time. Um, so that's a very nice uh, benefit of, of working in that kind of work as well. But I'm also going to work for a company that does an app for us called the Sheriff's App that people can get at their uh, app store on the phone if they just type in Hendricks County Sheriff. And my goal with that was that we had a conduit, like a one-stop shop for all business that is the Sheriff's Office, so we can put out things like notifications and road closings and you know missing kids help us. Um, people can request security for off-duty with our guys or patrols or make tips related to crime or look up and see who's in the jail which strangely enough is probably one of the most used features on that if you look at the analytics it's kind of interesting but apparently people want to know who's in there so <laughs> but that's the big plan so that's what i'm going to do carrie and i are getting ready to leave very shortly for a uh, few weeks down at florida we've not taken any kind of a vacation like that in probably 30 years except for when our sons were born i did take the two week you know dad time and went right back to work but mm. that really wasn't a vacation so i think we're going to take a, a real one and get some sunshine and uh, just a break from the weather and then get back on track and going again in next month, February. You know, probably personal uh, accomplishments you're proudest has to be with your family. What, uh, what do you think, is it possible to name uh, one, if not one of the most uh, biggest, proudest accomplishments you've done, you've done professionally? I mean, I guess I think if I'd have any legacy, I suppose you'd have to say that jail, it's a big project, you know. That, that probably is going to outshine most of the other things. But I would like to think that the work we were able to do in the area of mental health in the jails, I mean, I was able to participate in a lot of interesting um, groups, state and nationwide, really, as it dealt with things like jail overcrowding and mental illness in the jails and how we're doing as a profession in dealing with that. Uh, I got to spend a lot of time in the legislature and, and, and even out in Congress and, and met with folks who can make the right kind of changes that we need. But I think that was one of the things, too, that we campaigned on and, and that I really got interested in. So I think if I was known for anything, my work, at least statewide, I did a lot of things with the Sheriff's Association and was the president and, and held most of those offices, um, would be that. Um, great partnerships with the Supreme Court, with the justices there, with our uh, DMHA and mental health people, and even the DOC and the prisons. I think, I think those collaborative partnerships, I think, would be the best thing. Um, I hope that, that it was also development of leaders and, and relationship building at home as the sheriff in our own department. Um, but, but that's always a challenge. You know, I, I really gauge more by work and outcomes as, and not, uh, not as much as relationship, I suppose. If I wanted to change again or if I could do another term, I think I'd build more on uh, those internal, you know what I mean, kind of people mm -hmm. side of things as opposed to uh, – to things but anyway I, I really think those you know the jail build and then the mental health stuff and the partnerships that we made there uh hopefully will continue and uh, keep going well uh now former sheriff brent clark um, i just want to say uh thank you not only to your service for this country when your time in the navy but also thanks for your service to this county i think uh uh, everyone wants to leave a job feeling that that they're leaving it better than how they found it and uh I think every sheriff has done that. I feel that you have, and it will continue when Jack Sadler finally leaves office. So, uh, and I think a lot of our listeners feel the same way. All right, former Sheriff Brett Clark, he's been our guest today. Brett, thanks for being our guest. Thank you. I really appreciate it, and uh, wish you the best as well. 
We'll be right back to talk with the new sheriff in town right after we hear from our sponsor of Central Indiana Today's Nonprofit Spotlight, which in this case, I guess, is WYRZ. And that uh, sponsor is the Republican newspaper. Finding out what your town council, school board, or county commissioners are up to can be accomplished with the Republican newspaper in Danville. Started in 1847, they've been providing local news, sports, features, and more. Subscribing to the paper is possible by calling 317-745-2777, and they can be followed on Facebook by searching for The Republican. Well, as I told you, we now have the new sheriff of Hendricks County in the studio with us. Uh, we just got, uh, well, we just finished talking with former Sheriff Brett Clark, and we have the new sheriff in here, Jack Sadler. How is Jack? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you. Now, um, it, I guess it's uh, really too soon to say how does it feel to be the new sheriff, but, uh, you know, coming into this position, you've, you've had uh, plenty of prep time, I guess you could say. Uh, let's let's go back. Uh, when did you first get into law enforcement? Oh, my goodness. So uh, I've wanted to be a policeman for a long time. I can tell you that I I uh, came from a broken home. And so I saw a lot of things as a young man that uh, unfortunately some of us, uh, well, thankfully, some of us don't get to see. Yeah. And, uh, and I was really kind of driven to want to be able to help people. And uh, people, especially in those types of situations, to help make it better for them. And so uh, as a young man, I had a couple mentors that really helped me. And, uh, you know, I always had the drive to want to do something more and want to help my community. So I I went to Vincennes for college to study law enforcement. And uh, I spent three years down there as a city police officer. 96 to 99 and got to move home in 99. So I can tell you in 99, when I sat down in front of Sheriff Roy Waddell, who hired me, one of the questions was, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? And I said to him and that group at the time that, you know, I just want to be a good employee and work hard and do a good job. But someday I wanted to sit where those gentlemen were and to have an opportunity to put my spin on the direction that the Sheriff's Department goes. Yeah. I asked Brent Clark this. As you were climbing up into the ranks, you know, it's not necessarily everyone's goal who is in, uh, in law enforcement to be the sheriff, to be the chief, to be the head honcho, so to speak. Uh, when did you decide that uh, maybe that was a goal for you? Well, I can tell you, you know, growing up in the sheriff's department, you know, starting there in 99 and kind of working my way up through the chain, uh, I've had a lot of leaders and and a lot of supervisors and i can tell you that watching sheriff clark come up through the ranks as well and to be a good friend of mine and to know that man and who he is and to watch him be able to not only rise through the ranks but actually to be able to make it a sheriff it it really instilled in me that there was a chance that we could do it right Uh, you know as a young deputy most of our sheriffs were retired state troopers, retired DEA agents, retired chiefs. We really hadn't had a sheriff that had come up from within. And so I can tell you I was inspired by Sheriff Clark and to see him be able to do that. And and uh, had a conversation with another deputy in uh, late 2014 after we knew Sheriff Clark had been elected. And, and uh, I knew then 
that that's where I wanted to go. When, when you decided you wanted to do that, uh, what decisions kind of run through your head? How much consulting with your family, that kind of thing that, I mean, uh, what made you decide this is, this is a go? Uh, all, all, the flat, all the lights are green, so to speak, that you wanted to run. I can tell you that I lean on my faith. Yeah. I, uh, I lean on my family. And uh, my wife and my son are two of the most important people in my life. And uh, my wife and I had a very lengthy conversation about it. And, and she said, we're going to do this. And, uh, you know, we know each other pretty well. And she knows when, when uh, I move forward on something, I give it 150%. Uh, there was going to be no looking back and regrets that we didn't give it everything that we had. And so, you know, to think as a young man that I would run a political campaign, never thought in my life that that would happen. You know, even in college and wanting to be a policeman, it didn't really even think about uh, running for sheriff and, and running a political campaign. But uh, I can tell you that uh, I do believe that my career in law enforcement and uh, this you know current opportunity to be sheriff um, is not by coincidence that that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I've been called to do yeah uh, do you have certain goals in mind do you have uh, or is it uh, just just continue what's already been happening yeah so I, I, I think it's it's about building upon and improving I, we have had an amazing sheriff for the last eight years. I can tell you the, the hardest working sheriff that I've ever worked for. Sheriff Clark has been amazing for us and a great mentor to me. So I want to be able to do the same for our young men and women coming up. But I also want to do our best to, uh, you know, not shake the box and let all the pieces fall out. But in the end of the day, just try to make it better and improve upon the direction that we're already headed. You know, I, I've told many people that if I, you know, I didn't believe in the direction that we were headed in the last eight years, then I should have said something before today. And so I do believe in all the efforts that we've put in prior eight years under Sheriff Clark. And, and I just want to continue that effort and do my best to make it better. You know, uh, I have just talked with uh, former Sheriff Brad Clark about, uh, uh, largely about uh, the new jail that's come in. And uh, one of the things I asked him was, uh, how does it feel to put all this effort and work into the new jail and then basically just hand you the keys and say, there you go. Uh, what, uh, what kind of thoughts run through your head when you're going to be the, the new guy uh, running that place? I can tell you that I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be able to, you know, protect and serve the community that helped raise me. You know, I grew up here in Danville and graduated from Danville High School in 1992. But I'm thankful, thankful for Sheriff Clark and all of his work and all of his efforts. You know, it is going to help us keep our community safer moving forward. And it is truly a blessing to not only me as the incoming sheriff, um, but uh, to us as a community as well. Uh, if I may interject a little uh, personal perspective, and I think it's going to be an advantage for you. When I started in radio, I was fortunate enough, I, had, I hadn't been working at the radio station very long that I worked at, 
when they brought in the first compact disc player. And you know, I started out with two two turntables, record players, and reel-to-reel tape machines. And uh, I don't know if you know what this is, but what they called cart machines at the time. They looked like eight-track tapes. And um, I learned the old way and then came in on the computer system, and now everything is run by computers. And so uh, I, my personal opinion is you're getting an advantage by saying, this is how we did it with this old jail from 1974, and uh, now we've got all of these wonderful advances, uh, or, or advantages, or however you want to phrase it, coming into the new jail. Uh, certainly has to give you some kind of uh, sense of more appreciation as to maybe the next guy who comes in who had no experience at that old jail. Yeah, you know, we've we've talked about this uh, sometime with Sheriff Clark about, you know, if you buy a new car and you don't wash it, you don't sweep it out, and, you know, someone else does, you know, when you compare those two cars a year or two down the road, what a difference there is between the two of them. And so, you know, it's it's been, uh, you know, a blessing for us to get this new jail, but it's our responsibility to take care of it and to make sure that it is uh, just as pristine today uh, that it will be again in 10 years or 20 years or beyond. Yeah. You know, when uh, the uh, primaries were uh, ended and uh, you were there at uh, the government center, we were there. Yeah. Um, Uh, doing a live broadcast and when the results were announced there were some of your opponents who were also there and uh as the returns came in you you seemed to make a a real effort to make a beeline to your opponents who were there and uh (laughs) shake their hands and uh and they seemed to reciprocate as well uh I think that told me quite a bit about uh, a little bit about you because you and I don't really know each other. We haven't had uh, much opportunity to say much more than hello, if anything, over the years. So uh, I think that told me quite a bit and um, and and set and I I got a picture of it and I posted it and I felt like this is your next eight years. I mean, this is what you can expect. And uh is do you think that's really a fair assessment on my part or uh anything you want to say about that well i hope so i i can tell you i will never forget where i came from and i am a humble guy i i try to work hard and i tried to lead by example i I said during the campaign uh, but it is how i've tried to live my life you know lead by example and serve with integrity I want to serve this community to the best of my ability, but I'm not going to forget about our prior sheriffs. And, uh, you know, Sheriff Galloway was there that night, and uh, I respect him and appreciate our relationship. And uh, he was a sheriff of mine for eight years, and I worked under him, and uh, and I appreciated everything that he did for me during those years. And so I, I hope to be able to do the same uh, for the next generation. Uh, you know, when I talked uh, with Sheriff Clark earlier, uh, he, and of course I, I was able to have a few minutes at his uh, retirement party. Uh, well, now it's been a few weeks. And, um, you know, he got, uh, or there was a table set up with a lot of his accomplishments, awards, pictures. Uh, his whole career was spread out there on a table. And, um, 
I'm sure it was just the tip of the iceberg, but I noticed there was uh, some accolades and mentions for his uh, attention to mental illness in the yeah. past. And uh, I got the impression after our interview that he was, uh, well, in fact, he even said he was really proud of that was something that he uh, w kept focus on through his entire uh, police career. Is there something in your past, uh, let me rephrase that, is there something in your career that you've maybe focused on, whether it be, uh, for example, and I'm not saying you know that this would be it, but for example, I've seen some who wanted to focus on abused children, or um, maybe, uh, in, of course, in the case of uh, Sheriff Clark, uh, mental illness, uh, is there something that you feel like that uh, you something you really want to focus on as you move forward? Well, I can t tell you that we're going to continue to work on the front of mental health. Sheriff Clark has been a leader, I believe, in the state to try to to help us move in the right direction in that effort. And we're going to continue that effort and keep uh, trying to do what we can, you know, to understand that the, the sheriff cannot be the the should not be the mental health facility of the community and there are better ways there are communities that are figuring out across this country and and i would love to see Hendricks county be a leader in the state and across the country to help ensure that we're taking care of our citizens that we're getting them the help that they need and and doing our best to stop recidivism you know we don't want people to keep coming back time after time we want to be able to try to help them and ensure that they become productive citizens and we can go about doing our job and not have to worry about them anymore but that is difficult i can tell you that you know school safety i'm very passionate about kids uh, we've got uh, four school resource officers currently for the two county schools that we have i want to continue to work on that front uh, there are a lot of things that, that uh, I want to do. Um, community connection is huge for me. I, I think, you know, people knowing that they can reach out to their sheriff at any time and have a conversation, uh, I will be open and honest with you. You may not always agree with me, but my hope is that you're going to know that my heart's in the right place and I'm doing my best. Yeah. All right. Well, um, any messages? Uh, well, I think you've pretty much said every message that you have for the public there, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and of course, uh, hopefully, in uh, in uh, you know, in eight years or uh, whenever your term is up, that you can come back and uh, talk to us about what some of your proudest proudest accomplishments have been. But uh, yeah. I really do appreciate you sitting down and talk with us. We've been talking with uh, the new sheriff in town, as they say, Mister uh, Sheriff Jack Sadler. Jack, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate it. You've been listening to Central Indiana Today with your host, Shane Ray. 